0: A reading from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd like to invite the children to pay special attention right now for the children's sermon. We're going to talk a little bit today about things that we can't see. Um, there are things in our lives that we can't see, but that we know are there. For example, right now here in my neighborhood, the wind is blowing. Now I can't see the wind, but I can see the trees swaying back and forth in response to it. I can see the effect that the wind has on the trees and other things around us here outside. That's the same way I think um, of air. We can't see air but we know it's there. I have this can of compressed air. This is something that you use to clean dust off of people or off of things. (laughs) In fact, it's called duster. And um, when I push the nozzle, you can't see it, can you? You can hear it. If I do this, you can see that it makes something happen in my hair. So we know it's there. We just can't always see it. And today in our gospel reading from John, the disciples, Um, get to see Jesus, right? They get to touch him. They get to see the the wounds that he has. And um, they are told by Jesus, blessed are you who um, see me and believe, but blessed also are those who will not see me and yet still believe. And I think that's you and I. We can't see Jesus in the flesh like the disciples did, but we can see Jesus through other people and how they treat us and how we can see Jesus through ourselves and how we treat others. And so we can see Jesus at work in the world. We can see Jesus blessing the world, forgiving the world. Um, We just can't see him in the flesh. So a good thing to keep in mind. Maybe part of this is seeing is not always believing. Maybe not seeing can be believing too. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for these children. Thank you for their belief, even though sometimes they can't always see. Maybe most especially now, as we are all behind closed doors together and in places where we don't see each other very often. Help us to see Jesus, to see how Jesus works through our lives and through the lives of others. And uh, be with us in this time of quarantine. In your son's strong name, amen. We're going to transition now into the sermon. So (coughs) I invite you to uh, keep your Bible open to John 20, if you'd like to, to follow along, and to just um, be open to this word that I I hope I bring to your hearts and your minds today. Um, Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So I've been hearing a lot of quarantine stories lately, and um, some of them are funny, some of them are sad, some of them are probably a mixture of both. My friend Holly, who lives in Denver, uh, told me a story about how she has taken up baking bread, and how she has discovered that her neighbors have also taken up baking bread or baking in general she's having a hard time finding flour and yeast in her local local supermarket so um, she has taken to trading for uh, trading things for flour and yeast on the black market otherwise known as Facebook and she said um, it's sort of like a drug deal (laughs) so that's a interesting quarantine story (coughs) another friend of mine who is a father of three wrote this uh, what he called a homeschool math problem. He posted it on Facebook a couple days ago. He says, if you have three kids and they are awake for roughly 13 hours in a day, and you're trying to work full time from home, how many times will you hear the word snack? I thought that was a math problem maybe even I could solve. In my own little quarantine world, It's clear to me now what my subconscious is focused on. A few nights ago, I dreamt that my husband Brad came home and declared he wanted to be a polygamist, which is somebody who has more than one wife. Well, as you can imagine, I wasn't too keen on that idea, but um, he brought this woman that he wanted to marry home, and the minute I found out she was a hairdresser, I was immediately in favor of it, so you can tell I'm, I'm worried about. So we're locked down, aren't we? Sheltered in place, in pandemic prison, behind closed doors. Our leaders and the best scientists have told us this is the only way to flatten the curve. This is the way we can love our neighbors. For those of us who aren't essential workers, for those of us who don't do the jobs of medical and uh, medical professionals and grocery store workers and uh, police officers and all of our first responders. For those of us who don't do those things, it's best to stay behind closed doors. I, I started to think too that even when we go out now, we have our own little closed doors, right? We have these own little masks across our face that hide our smiles and sort of shut down that interaction with the people that we might come within six feet of. And I know there have been some creative and really cool masks being made even by our own folks at Silverdale Lutheran Church with sports teams, logos, or maybe the fabric of your favorite television show. I saw one the other day that even had a big smile on it. So to um, sort of alleviate this lack of smiles that we're seeing these days. And so there are a lot of funny and creative things going on right now as we shelter in place. But I think it's, it's also important to recognize that we do this out of a place of fear. I think we are deeply worried as a society. We are deeply worried about getting ill. We are deeply worried about somebody we love getting ill. We are deeply worried about our economy and um, people who are lonely and people who struggle with mental illness and people who are losing their job. And so I think behind these closed doors, even though we're doing all we can to be as safe as we can, there is still a lot of fear, which I think brings us to today's Gospel from John. The disciples are hiding behind a closed door in fear. Their teacher, their Lord, their friend Jesus has been crucified and has been buried. They've heard that his body is gone. Some of them have even gone to the tomb and seen that it is empty. Mary Magdalene reports that she has seen Jesus, but is it really Jesus? Is it a ghost? All of these events lead the disciples to go home and lock their door maybe to figure out what to do next maybe to hide away so that they don't meet the same fate as their teacher it's hard to say exactly why they are behind a closed door other than that it's clear they are afraid and then suddenly out of nowhere out of thin air there is jesus he is there among them and he bids them peace Not just once, but twice. They touch him. They rejoice together. There, Jesus is alive. Jesus breathes into them what he has promised, a helper, this Holy Spirit. And he gives them a mission. He gives them a commission. As my Father has sent me, so I send you now we heard in our gospel today that thomas is not with them at this time and when he is when he does learn of this um, this presence of jesus he's skeptical he really wants the same thing that those other disciples got to see and touch jesus to speak to him in the flesh so jesus returns again offering peace and thomas Thomas gets precisely what he needs, the presence of his beloved Lord. In fact, this presence calls forth in him this confession, this confession of my Lord and my God. What a deep and joyful sentence that is. And finally, at the end of this text, it turns our attention to what's to come. Jesus speaks of those who will not see him in the flesh and yet will believe anyway. What an incredible story and remember it all happened behind closed doors. There are so many important elements to consider here that I think speak directly to us today where we are. <coughs> First jesus simply appears behind that closed door he needs no invitation he doesn't even need somebody to open the door he is simply present he just comes second jesus brings peace and he doesn't bring peace once not twice he brings it three times and then jesus declares to the disciples this mission to reveal God to the world and he doesn't leave them alone in this task he gifts them with the Holy Spirit this helper who has been promised before to guide their work and then it gets a little more interesting doesn't it Jesus says to the disciples if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them if you retain the sins of any they are retained this is a puzzling statement isn't it I think scholar Elizabeth Johnson makes a good point when she writes this, Sin, in John's Gospel, is not primarily a moral category. Rather, it is fundamentally unbelief, the refusal to receive the revelation of God in the person of Jesus. Jesus is not giving his disciples some special power to decide whose sin will be forgiven and whose will not. Rather, He is further specifying what it means to be sent, to make known the love of God that Jesus himself has made known. As people come to know and abide in Jesus, they will be released from their sins. If however, those sent by Jesus fail to bear witness, people will remain stuck in their unbelief. Their sins will be retained or held onto the stakes of this mission are very high indeed. As our story goes on, Jesus reassures Thomas, whose response utters the five words that it could encompass the heart of the Gospels, my Lord and my God. Thomas exclaims Jesus' supreme authority and Jesus' divinity as creator and owner of all things. In addition, he claims Jesus as his own. This translation here might be better offered as, Lord, the Lord of me and the God of me. The Lord of me and the God of me. These words make me think back mm, about 20 years ago when my then two-year-old daughter gazed upon her baby sister, who was a newborn, and wrapped her arms around my waist and said, "'Mine, Mommy." (laughs) She needed everybody, including her newborn sister, to know whose mommy I was in particular. She was staking a claim, somewhat like what Thomas was doing. The final thing in our gospel text today that Jesus wants us to know is that all of this, all of these words of peace, of love, of reassurance, all of these things go far beyond just the disciples. These final statements in John 20 are sending statements, looking outward to a world hungering and waiting for this word, this word of life. This call is amplified then by our reading today from the second chapter of Acts. Peter tells his fellow Jews that this Jesus was raised up, freed from death because it was impossible, impossible for him to be held in death's power. Of this, Peter says, we are all witnesses. We are the people, Peter says, who testify about this the world. Friends, you are mostly behind closed doors today and there are feel fears, real tangible fears. Health fears, economic fears, fears about parenting and loneliness and mental health. Fears for our loved ones who work in healthcare and in essential businesses like grocery stores and pharmacies. Fears for our kids missing milestones and friendships. Fears for our elders missing out on being with us. Into these pockets of fear, behind these closed doors, behind our masks, steps Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't need an invitation. Jesus just comes. Jesus brings peace. Jesus bears the Holy Spirit. Jesus bears reassurance and words of comfort. Jesus bears experience with pain and with wounds. Jesus comes bearing this invitation. Do not doubt, but believe believe, trust, put your faith in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. In this season of Easter, let us focus on the resurrection of Jesus as not a one-time event that happened thousands of years ago, but as something that happens day after day, time after time in each of us even behind closed doors in isolation, even perhaps most especially in fear and trepidation. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a transformation. It is an invitation. It's a transformation invitation to participate in the new life that blooms within you time and again, day after day, The resurrection of Jesus Christ tells you that God has not and will not ever abandon you. That God in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit makes known to you and through you to the world that God is with us, that God is for us, that God acts toward us in love again and again and again. The resurrection has happened in you to you, for you, for the world. Of this we are a witness. In a few minutes, you will hear these words, the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Behind our closed doors, we will come together as one body of Christ. Through time and space we commune with all the Saints who have come before us and all the Saints around the world. Behind these doors we can embrace, we can celebrate, we can rejoice in this mystery of faith. These earthly things the water that reminded us of our baptism at the beginning of the service, the sharing of the peace that reminds us of this community of Christ that we are all a part of, and the bread and the wine of communion. These earthly things remind us time and again of who we are and whose we are. They call us into this great cloud of witnesses with whom we proclaim, Christ is risen,